Hello there and a very warm welcome to Des's Island Discs. In a hectic world, this is a little oasis of calm and nostalgia from our guests who choose pieces of music that remind them of a particular time or story from their life or career. Now, if you're listening on podcast, we cannot play the music because of copyright laws. But really, this is about stories. So let's hear them. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. Now, today's guest is one of the top jockeys in these islands. Three times champion jockey, winner of the Aintree Grand National, winner of the Cheltenham Gold Cup. It's a pleasure to welcome Davy Russell. So, tell us a little bit about little Davy Russell growing up in Yall, County Cork. I had a wonderful childhood. Uh, we lived on a farm in, in the town, so we, where we had the best of both worlds. Wake up in the morning on a farm and walk outside the gates, you're kind of, you know, <laughs> in the town. a couple of minutes away from a busy, busy town. Yeah. yeah. And were, th- were there horses there from the start, Davy? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, dad, uh, dad was uh, he was milking cows uh, first, and but he always had a couple of brood mares. Um, always then you'd he'd always have a horse in training. And were you pony racing then? I had one pony um, growing up, uh, a twelve-two pony, and we all rode it. All my brothers and sisters rode it, and then uh, I was the only one that kind of stuck at it. And uh, my dad and I picked up a, a, a pony um, at a horse fair, and she was a thoroughbred pony. Uh, so she was just a, a turbid that didn't grow and um, I kind of started off with her then and um, there was pony racing in Yall and um, uh, once a year and so I rode in them and then I continued on. I rode a couple of winners and things but I always wanted to, I never had anything in my mind only, only to, to become a jockey or to do something in racing, you know. How did your dad feel about that? He was happy out. Oh, was <laughs> my <he>? mum. <laughs> it was my mum. My mum was a little bit um, was a little bit worried about it, but um, they never stopped me. I tell you, I most marvelous parents. Um, mum was brilliant. They, they they supported me all the way. Um, yeah. And before you became a full time jockey, then Davy, did you have any other job? Oh, I had plenty. <laughs> um, I had plenty. Um, we we had the garage, and um, then so it started off uh, fixing punctures and working the car wash filling petrol and back in the day you know your your petrol was always filled for you uh, so you had an attendant so we were attending the pumps and um, you'd love to see the big cars coming in and you might you might get a, a 20p or a 10p tape or something and dad was a good mechanic so we were we all, I always had uh, I was like another limb to my dad really I was, was following him everywhere and then um, I branched out after leaving school I went to agricultural college for a year that finished up, I went riding out in the mornings. So I was riding out in the same place in the mornings and at night time then I would uh, work in a, fish, a local fish factory here for a kind of a, a couple of weeks or months. I, I went deboning salmon. <laughs> which you... would leave blisters on your on the inside of your tongue that I still have. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Well, you worked hard. Now, where, where were you as a jockey at this point? I'd got my licence, we'll say, when I was 16 uh, because we had a mare here at home. Um, but I used to ride her out before I go to school, uh, then go to school and and come back and you know do something else with her. So I I rode her in a point to point, and um, that was a great experience. I was sixteen, then I left school and I came back and I started riding out in uh, different places. I started riding out for Jimmy Mangan and and different people, and and I was just tipping away, then getting the odd ride of a Sunday. You know, mm-hmm. and Dad would left would leave a mare in training for me to ride, 
So I rode her, I was placed on her a couple of times and in between then I was, you know, doing a couple of hours and here and there doing different things. And um, I was 19 then at this stage. I um, I was going to Tallow Point to Point and uh, I had one ride in the confined for a local trainer, Sean Hearn. And uh, so she finished second or third and then a trainer had two horses in the one race and he didn't have a jockey for the second horse. So he, he asked me, was I available? And I said, I was. And, and that's how I rode my first winner. Wow. And um, the next Sunday, I rode a winner. And following on, and ever since days, I've been lucky enough to, to, to ride winners, you know, on a regular basis. Well, your first musical choice, Davy, comes from the early days in Yall. And there's a horsey theme to it as well. Yeah, I was obsessed with horses, any way, shape or form. It was just horses. My dad tells me my first word was horse. So, um, <laughs> mum was a brilliant mother. Like she was, you know, she she had six kids and, and, you know, it was a busy house, but she used to always find the time to, to either sing a song or, or do something. And uh, this song, um, uh, Two Little Boys Had Two Little Toys, um, it just sticks with me the whole way it's it's a pleasant song to to listen to but when mom passed away we all sat down at her coffin and sang it uh, just the family and it's just a song I, uh, that that sticks with me from when i was very young and it was it's a it's a happy time do you know it was it was a happy time and every time i hear it it was mom's favorite song and she would sing it to us all so that's why it was um it, it, it sticks with me lovely let's hear it then two little boys from keith field and maria morgan Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. That's two little boys, the choice of today's guest, champion jockey Davy Russell. Davy, you headed off to England then to be a jockey. Was that a big change, cultural change? Yeah, I thought uh, I would have coped. I thought it would be quite easy. I thought it was going to be very similar to what I was already doing. and uh, But it wasn't. It was, as you said, a huge cultural change. I was driving north and south of England not knowing what direction I was going or where I was going. I just had follow certain roads, get there, turn around and go back to where I came from. And nothing in between had really meant anything to me, if you know what I mean. None of the towns mm-hmm. or the places or anything. It was just, it was fairly monotonous and, and it was very, very busy. I, the busyness didn't really bother me because it kept my mind off other things. But um there's a lot of Irish over there anyway, so it was comforting that way. And a lot of guys that I had, I'd known from home, you know, had gone to England as well. So that was comforting as well. And the guys, the lads over there were very helpful as well. But it still wasn't home, you know. Yeah. It's, it yeah. still wasn't. I just couldn't pull in and ask a fella, could I use his toilet or <laughs> you know, stuff like that, you know. Why did you do that around Cork? <laughs> ah, if you're stuck. <laughs> you could call in anywhere. I know. But so, but the success then started to come for you when you came back. I mean, your first winner at Cheltenham, have you strong memories of that? Oh, yeah, I could tell you every step of the way if you had wanted to hear about it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a spare ride as well. Um, John Cullen had either got injured or was suspended. I'm not sure. He was the horse's regular rider. Um, a horse called Native Jack. And when I went to agricultural college, uh, Philip Roppel, who trained the horse, was was in was in the same year as me in in agricultural college. Oh, so um, there was a connection there as well. And um, like growing up, you see again, Dad used to go on a pil- pilgrimage to Cheltenham every year, and. Yeah. 
you'd neither know if he had a good a good few days or a bad few days on the toys he was bring back. <laughs> and actually, one one of the toys that he brought back, I still have. It's still at home. It was a jeep. It was a, a Land Rover jeep and horse box. Wow. Uh, but it was made of steel. You know, it was a proper one, a proper toy. Wow. And uh, so I'd say that was that a must good week. A good year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Dad also then. He uh, he had made a bet uh, one night. Uh, he was playing cards or something over there, and they bet him that he wouldn't drive a tractor lawnmower, something like fifteen or seventeen miles from where they were staying, to the race course, and he had to park it between a Rolls Royce and a Jaguar. And lo and behold, Dad fulfilled his side of the bet and drove. But there was guys ringing. There was uh, BBC Radio were ringing home. They were ringing Mam to find out about her husband <laughs> driving a lawnmower around England. And Mam says, "Look, I'm busy here, and and, and uh, as long as he's enjoying himself and he's safe, I don't mind what he's driving." <laughs> so I, yeah. and so Cheltenham was always a good place for us and for me to grow up. I I felt that. I was making my dad proud by riding in Cheltenham, if you know what I mean. Mm. I, it was the it was the pinnacle of, of of our sport to ride over there, and then to have success over there at the festival was it just it meant an awful lot to me. And it must have meant an awful lot to him. Oh, I'm sure it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He wouldn't say it now, but I'm Would sure he not? it did. No, he's old fashioned. He'd he's he's he, he's. You'd, you'd want to be doing mighty stuff to be getting for a, a Grand National or a Gold Cup. Is well, I was just going to say, well, I mean, eight years later, you were to win the Gold Cup with Lord Windermere. Yeah, that was very, very special. No, it really was. Um, like, uh, It's just hard to explain. It's the same as guys growing up listening to stories of, of All-Ireland Finals and, and things like that. And, you know, that's the way I grew up. Dad talking about horses, certain horses that won certain races and, you know, the Gold Cup and... Growing up then with Dawn Run and and all of that, you're watching videos of the excitement and how much it meant to so many people and it just got bigger in my mind then, you know, how important the Gold Cup was. Let's get, go to your second musical choice, Davy Russell. It's Ocean Colour Scene. Tell us about this one. Yeah, it's just, this song, it reminds me of, you know, when, when, you, when you're kind of growing from a boy into a man and you just suddenly get this bit of freedom that you kind of don't have to tell your parents where you're going or you, you don't, you, you're, you can stay out all night long and you just have no worry in the world. And uh, a summertime, really good weather and sitting out, you know, you know yourself nowadays, <laughs> young ones, and you're, 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 finding, you're, you're finding your feet in different ways of life and... This song just brings me back to that kind of freedom and and really, really enjoyable time with friends and not a care in the world. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. That's the day we caught the train from Ocean Colour Scene, the choice of today's guest, champion jockey Davey Russell. So, Davey, you've you've all this. We're talking about success and and the big days, and and of course, there's the Grand National, which we'll chat about. Uh, but there are tough days. What about injuries? How were you injury wise in your career? Yeah, um, sure. Look, there was some people find it hard when we say I I never really had bad injuries. Um, I you break bones. Um, but kind of when you go up to the cora to get your license. It kind of go. It should actually be written at the bottom of the li- license in small print. You're going to break bones. You're going to get hurt because it it goes with 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 the with the game, you know. And 
I never really had serious, serious injuries. Um, so there was loads of injuries along the way that would stop you up and, you know, you break. I broke my both my thumbs. I, I had an issue with them. And then I had an awful issue then that when I'd fall, I'd hold on to my stick and I used box the ground with, with my fist, you see. Um, instead of letting the stick go and opening up my hands, I used to hold it in my hand and I used to make a fist. And my if my if my fist hit the ground, I used to break the bones along the back of my hand, if you could imagine. Yeah. So I, 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 I suddenly learned to let go of the stick. I can buy a new one <laughs> if we can't find it. And... Um, and uh, that that but they they had, I used to do that quite often. I used to break the bones in the back of my hand quite often. Um and um, then just general injuries. Um, a nasty one I got that that kind of uh, it kind of affected me a little bit was um I done right damage to my face, so um I I I I, I broke my nose and my eye socket and and other bits in my face and was that a kick? A, no, it was um a, a horse uh, fell on the flat and my face was the first thing to hit the ground. Uh, so I I knew then my modelling career was over. I had to move from <laughs> from uh, that to different things. So, um, and that kind of affected me a little bit because I was always a little bit worried of getting a slap in the face. If you know what I mean, yeah, a horse sure. might hit you in the head or or something. So, um, but other than that, no. And then I suppose the, the one real serious injury was late on was. A couple of years ago, I I I um I got a fall in the parade ring in Mallow, and um the pain was more pain than I've ever felt before. I'd 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 literally smashed my my left arm in both bone the bones inside the side. All that was left were were the bones weren't holding my hand together anymore. So um, and I actually thought in the ambulance that day that that was I I I didn't think I'd be able to come back from that one, but. Mm. Luckily enough, in the day we live, I, I wasn't long in the hospital and uh, the doctor said, um, yeah, no bother, we'll have you back and going in no time. And it was actually so sore. My arm was so sore that I didn't realise that when I got up to walk to get the x-ray, I was out, I was after to break my foot as well. Oh my God. And, and I didn't I didn't feel it until I um, got up to walk because they obviously carried me into the, yeah, into yes. the ambulance and stuff. It's, yeah. so, it's such a tough world. I know you, none of you complain about it, but it, I'm sure people listening wonder. I know you can't have fear or you can't think about it going into it, but obviously it affects your livelihood. You can't earn money, am I right, when you're... Yeah, that's right. Obviously, we, we there is the Injured Jockeys Fund that we mm. we give money into and and then an awful lot of very kind people sponsor and there's charity events. And so that, that is, a, is a huge help. Hmm. Um, it's a huge help to um to when we're 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 racing, you know. You you've I mean with loads of highs. Those you were you were riding for Michael O'Leary, and then he replaced you, and then people say, "Oh, what's going to happen?" And then you've had the greatest success ever since then, arguably. Yeah, I was lucky. I I struggled to be champion jockey. I was always hitting the bar all the time. There was one year I broke my wrist, and it looked like I was five clear. It looked like I was going to be champion jockey, and I couldn't. I just couldn't get there. Um, with loads of support from from everywhere, uh, all, a lot of different trainers, and uh, then I got the job of being um, first jockey to Jigginstown, and all of a sudden I was champion jockey. So, you know, the influence Michael has had in my career was was huge. You know, and Jigginstown it was huge. It, mm-hmm. it helped me to get over the hump of being of finishing second to being champion jockey, and you know, I rode some very very good horses and. Then it came to an end, 
and um, but we soldiered on. I, I I won a gold cup in the meantime, and uh, for for a different, it opened up the the path for me to ride a, a, a gold cup winner for Doctor Lamb and Jim Cullerty, who you know I, I've had great success with Doctor Lamb in Cheltenham and things. Yeah. And he was he was been very very good to me, and then um, Jigginstown then didn't have a first jockey and they were using a number of different riders and, and I was thankfully one of them yeah. and um, I got the opportunity to come across some very, very good horses and one, you know, the big one was, was Tiger Roll. So, you know. So tell us about winning at Aintree. How many times had you ridden in the Aintree National before you won it? Roughly. Oh, um, off the top of my head, I'd say, we'll say 12, maybe. Yeah. twelve. I rode in 12 Grand Nationals. So... Um, I mean, it's 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 such a big international event. Is that the pinnacle? It's huge, um, in, in our in our um in our like it's the one day or the one couple of days of the year that that if you mention you're a jockey, then you're kind of raised up a level. You know, even the taxi driver, you're afraid to tell the taxi driver <laughs> that you're riding in it because he could keep you there for the yeah. day. You know, yeah. um. And the entry itself is such a fabulous place, but yeah, it's 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 the big one. Like it is the big one. But I well for me anyway, when you go out to ride in the Grand National, you don't actually think you're going to win it. Uh, your your main objective is to get around because we know it's it can be quite difficult to to actually finish the course. It's it's four and a half miles. It's the fences are different. You need a you need an extraordinary horse to to carry you over the over the jumps, but um. Yeah, it was just uh, I I didn't believe that Tiger Roll was the horse that was going to break my duct um in 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 the race because he's not that big and he has his own technique of jumping, which I you know you wouldn't imagine would 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 be the one for 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 entry, but um he's quite clever and he was able to negotiate defences and he just has an awful lot of ability. Um, he's very, very brave and sometimes them fences frighten horses if you know they yeah. get a little frightened. They don't jump him as quick whereas he, he not that you couldn't frighten this fellow with anything. He he's he's just tough as tough as tough as teeth yeah. and, and that's what why it makes such why it's such an extraordinary race. You know, you need you need a very special horse to win it. But then to retain win it again in twenty nineteen, I mean Red Rum was the last horse to win back to back, isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. As I said, um, defenses sometimes can leave their mark a little bit on horses, and and it's very hard for them to come back there and like it. Some horses love it, um, and and but not every horse, you know. And to get a horse with his ability to to enjoy it around there is is quite is quite um a unique thing, you know. And you must remember, he's trained. His his trainer is a, is a, is a, is a, is one of the best we'll Gordon, ever see. Of course, yeah, y- yeah, yeah. So. Um, that has to be added into it as well. The way he's handled throughout the year and all the people that are associated with him, you know, it's 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 really is. He's an amazing horse. He's not he's not that big. Um, I like I'm five ten, five eleven, and he's only just he he comes to just below my nose. Wow. So yeah. you, it gives people the idea of how how big he actually is, but he's just got a huge and he's a bit like Jordine or or or, or someone like that. He's <laughs> And he's just very talented. Of course. Well, look at you were denied the the big racing festivals this year, obviously through uh, COVID. So unfortunately, but you've been around a long time and you're still going as strong as ever. Yes, I'm. I'm just really enjoying it. Like Gordon is is 
marvelous to be around. He's he's just such a very good trainer, and and I I, I just some very very talented horses there that I have the opportunity to ride, and you know there's so many enthusiastic owners out there that that are happy to have me on their side, which is which is great, you know. Brilliant. Your last musical choice, Davy Russell, the Water Boys. Yeah, the Water Boys. I know they're they're not Irish, but they have that Irish. You know, feel to them and 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 stuff. So, um, and the one song that really sticks in my head was quite the opposite to um, Ocean Colour Scene with the Freedom. But when I um when I met my wife and um um things changed, you know, and, and it was the yeah yeah Adele, uh, she's just been. I I think my career has improved uh, because of her. She's just a huge part of. Uh, of of me and and making me happy and um so this was our 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 first dance to our at our wedding and uh, it was just a marvelous day um and with some great friends around and and I just this song every time I'll hear it since I'll I'll not be thinking of herself you know lovely okay well we'll play out with that how long will I love you from the water boys the choice of Davy Russell. Davy, congrats on all you've achieved. Thanks for chatting with us and continued success to you. It's great to see you going so well. Thanks a million. Thanks, Des. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1.